0: The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road, Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio.
1: What's up, guys? Connor Ferguson here with Jeff Woody and Colin Newell. This is Fart. Um, before we get started today, I've got a heck of a Wiffles hybrid ad because I did my research. Wiffles hybrid. Independence can't <clears throat> be bought. Licensed. Or stolen it can however be planted and that's what they do at wiffles hybrids took that right off the website they're fiercely independent they're the best independent company in the world better than ours by a long shot by a long shot wiffles hybrids go check it out today wow look at you go still research I'm gonna talk myself out of the job I'm in just (laughs) talking about how much I love companies that support our podcast and wiffles might might be giving you a call I hope so I I want nothing more because I have no clue what they do so I want to learn about it's hybrid corn, man.
0: It's they're creating hybrid corn It's hybrid corn. It's, it's, well, I, it, it's resistant to different. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's the planting cards. They're, there's yeah, different there's conditions a lot of layers into it. Why is
1: 93H05? That, that's not actually a product name. They are they do have numbers in front of them, though. But that that's where I get confused. What do the numbers mean?
0: I'm, I'm not sure what the I mean. There is a system. Otherwise, you wouldn't use numbers.
1: Yeah, I want to learn the system. You should call them. Maybe I will. Wait, that's how I'm going to plant. I'm going to do my afternoon. I'll do a blog. I'll tell you guys how easy it was that'd be a good one do I'll, it <laughs> think, do it i think jeff wants me to do it just to see how bad it would turn That's how you're 100 <laughs> he's like the right. whole time he's, he thinks he's talking about hybrid combines like i don't know why So send it to all our farmer buddies <laughs> they'll be like look, <laughs> look at this, this guy idiot.
2: yeah it's like fanatic would lose a couple subscribers probably oh man
1: <laughs> well they gained a couple gained a couple on saturday <laughs> night after that iowa state 30 uh 30 to 10 win over cincinnati boy
0: uh I mean, it feels like a combination of Iowa state is, is they've uh, multiple games now where all three phases have played really well. Whereas back to back where you've got good offense, good defense, good special teams against TCU Now you have good offense, good defense, good special teams against Cincinnati. And at the same time, Cincinnati is hurting for some offense. I mean, you get TJ Tampa did an excellent job and they're one kind of stud receiver and you take that guy out of the game and they don't have much of anything. They had 214 yards of offense.
2: Is it just me, or does this kind of feel like a tale of two seasons? Like, started off really, you know, everyone was excited, like, holy buckets, look at the UNI game, and then it was like, oh, we got a couple struggles here, but now it's like, holy buckets, like, this offense is coming around, defense is playing great, no turnovers, we create two interceptions, like, win the turnover battle, special teams, like, you talk about true team football, like, that's a couple weeks in a row now that we've seen offense really go out there, execute at a high level. Scoring thirty points on on a Big Twelve defense is always always a good thing to do, and then holding the defense or offense to ten points is, is huge. That's a that's a big win for for Iowa State going well, on the road. Well, and the
0: crazy thing with that thirty is it felt like they still left some on the table. Like there oh, was yeah, that absolutely. first that first interception. T J. Tampa gets undercuts a, a corner route. They get the ball in like the twenty seven, and only get a field goal out of it like that feel there's, there's another situation where I think, I don't remember. I think they kicked the field goal after the big or the big kick return, right. It coming out of half. I don't mm-hmm. think they scored a touchdown on that. So like you have two short fields and you don't turn them into points or you don't turn them into touchdown. So like it was 30 to 10, but it could have been more than that. And yeah, this, if it, it is, uh, it is, I, like I don't mean to, to shit on Iowa more than I need to. Um, just because then you get, find your way on the internet and then everybody's chirping at you, whatever, but clip this in the thing that Iowa state has done is the thing that everyone on the planet wants Iowa to do, which is after the Ohio game, they said we can't, this is not a sustainable offense. We are, our, our personnel isn't good enough to do this. We're not executing it in the way that we need to. We need to find a way to make this offense work. And if we do that, we don't have to sacrifice our defense in a way to do that. Then they made a couple changes. They did. I mean, Malik Verdun wasn't in for Oklahoma state and Oklahoma. So that kind of hurt a little bit, but then you're, the offense was able to transform to what it needed to be with and the coaching the coaching staff got out of the way of their own stubbornness to create the offense that it wants to be and now you have an offense and a defense both those things existed because the the coaching staff got out of the way and like again not trying to trash iowa more than i need to that's the thing that they want that like fans and again as an analyst i have to cover have to I get to cover their defense and I get to cover their special teams. I have to cover their offense, uh, for channel, the channel five show that I do. People aren't wanting like Iowa to just completely wholesale change the whole program. It's just like, do anything, do anything on offense and adapt a little, adapt bit. a little bit. And so like, that's the, that's what people are expecting. <laughs> so all the stuff that people have been asking the Iowa program to do, Iowa state had like one little small amount of like the same level of frustration on offense. They said, change enough, change it. Mm-hmm. So like that is, uh, to me, a, and a testament to the, the coaching staff all the way top to bottom, offense, defense, special teams, everybody of recognizing that what they were doing was not sustainable. It was not the right decisions. And then saying, we screwed up. Let's switch this. And now you've gotten the results. And, and would anybody be surprised? Like at this moment right now, I don't, you know, not cart in front of the horse. At this moment right now, would anybody, anyone be surprised if Iowa State was in Arlington at the end of the year?
1: No. Not. Yeah, not tremendously surprised. Right. Like a I'd little say. bit surprised me a bit because I don't envision that road to be a sure thing, but I know they're going to be in. I should, I need to come out and what, what Chris said about the text I sent him because he claimed that I said, I State to Arlington for sure. They're going, we're making a Big 12 championship trip this year. All I'm saying is the way it's set up and winning that game at that moment. I tweeted about this on Saturday. There's still three. Big 12 games we played on Saturday and six more this weekend. All three of those games to what you wanted as an Iowa State fan standings wise, all three of them went the exact way you wanted. OK, so what, however these six shake out, they're still right now one of two teams with three wins. You're going to be going into each of the next three games. You're going to expect to win when you take the field. And yeah, I which I know,
0: those next games are for as a little I, positive at, at Baylor. Baylor Again, against uh, Kansas. at home against Kansas and, and then, then at, at BYU.
1: Yes. And I, obviously players take the field and they expect to win every game they play, mm-hmm. right? Is that a yep, true, true? True fact. Um, but the, you're going to have a chance and the fans are going to expect you to win them too. And you're looking at it. Okay, if you don't lose until then, you could be 6-1 and one with two weeks left to go in the regular season with a uh, basically a, tie, a couple of tie-breaking scenario games against Texas and then on the road at Kansas State and... What what those look like in three weeks? I don't know, but at the very least, the next three games are very very winnable.
2: I think it's cool to see this young team. Like it's a lot of young dudes out there, and you can tell that like they're getting confidence. I mean, how many freshmen did you see that you're having to pull up their roster and be like, who is that guy? Who is it? Wait, what? Who's that guy on defense and that that
1: contributes to that momentum and growth throughout the year too Because it's a lot easier to make a freshman tremendously better than it is a fifth-year senior tremendously better Absolutely,
2: and just get out there. I mean mean, I've talked about this before, but like confidence If you can go out there and you can play confident like that that young freshman or that guy that hasn't played a ton And all of a sudden he's getting that opportunity to go out there and show what he does Oh, I bust a big play. I make a big tackle. I pick the ball off I, I go make a big hit like that's an opportunity for that guy to elevate himself and then ultimately elevate the team. Um, it, you know what I mean? Like even even seeing the fake field goal, like how exciting is that for a sideline to be able to go out there and make a big play? Um, it, it was it was great to see us kind of copy a playbook there and yeah, I love, that, I, put that one in. I don't know. That was we'll,
0: straight stolen from the Oklahoma the Oklahoma yeah, game last year. I, Van Lankel put him yeah. up side to side. Yeah, it yeah was it's, it's the, the exact, exact same play. Yeah. straight up stole it, which imitation is the, the finest form of flattery.
1: Uh-huh. There's something that just gets my jollies off when I'm watching Iowa State just completely rip a playoff somebody. I oh, just yeah. think it's so funny. I, well, don't know, it, I don't know why, I just why reinvent the, the wheel. wheel? Well, yeah, if it yeah. works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're
0: getting a look, if you're getting a look that works and it was basically the look that you had, do that. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they stole the Mike Gundy uh, walk a fat guy on the field when they substitute, when a team substitutes late. They just straight stole that, didn't do that until Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. And then after Oklahoma State, they were like, I like doing that. And they mm-hmm. had the, uh, the fat guy switch yep. when they needed the fat guy switch and they stole the fake field goal. Um, But the other thing that's really nice thinking about uh, just the experience the young guys are getting is between offensive linemen, which I was going to ask you about in a second, but between skill guys too, like on the offensive side, the defense we've known they're good. Like Mm -hmm. that's not really all that surprising. They found I think by this point in the season, they found the rotation and when they need to rotate because like you need to keep. Four seventeen and seven on the field in big critical moments, but when the the moments are at the start of a drive or you like the mm-hmm. personnel matchup, you can substitute somebody else in. So they know what the rotations are. That's really all you're feeling out on defense. But offensively, there's a reason why like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are like the best, and then Tyree Kill and Tua Tagovailoa. Like those, the re- the reason that those guys are as good as they are is because they know where the other one's gonna be, like to the inch. You know, they're they say this is an opening. I'm going to stop in this opening because Pat wants me or Patrick wants me to be just the outside of this, whatever, or he wants me to run this a little bit short against this coverage. And so Rocco and the receivers now have had enough reps that the receivers understand where Rocco wants them to be to make his job easier. So like Higgins had this monster game. And one of them was just like a straight fade ball down the sideline that he just mossed somebody on, which cool. But then there's other big routes that he had, which were like in breaking routes across the middle, where you have to get a window that you need that Rocco can see. It has to be on rhythm on time. So, like the receivers at this point in the season have found the way, like they they've built enough, they have enough experience under their belt with Rocco to understand where he wants them and where Rocco wants them to be. And I would imagine the offensive line by this point, this is the third game in a row we've seen the same lineup. I would imagine that same thing is happening on the offensive line.
2: Yeah, I just, I think what, what you're seeing is, is first of all, I think Eli Sanders has done a great job of coming in there and hitting holes and making big plays. And that helps any offensive line out when you see some big runs and gives you that confidence to go out there and say, hey, uh, we got a back back here who's going to hit some stuff. 13-yard run, 20-yard run, 12-yard run for longs for Eli Sanders, Cortavius, North, and Carson Hansen. Um, those are some chunk plays. Those are opportunities for, for an offensive line to get movement and um, to make, I mean, big plays force the defense to change a little bit. They, they're they forced to think about what's going on and um, try to eliminate those big plays. So they may do something that's uncharacteristic or anything like that. But uh, I, I think the level of just grittiness that they're playing with, you know what I mean? You got these tackles pulling around the edge and, and smoking people and, and creating holes and getting people covered up on the second level. Um, that, that the line of scrimmage has really been something that's, drastically changed these last two, three games. And um, just watching uh, Black come in there, and he's, I mean, he's a physical player. You got all those dudes who's in there, and Jim's in there and doing doing great job. And uh, I think it's been really fun to see how they've kind of been able to adapt the run game to what the offensive line's really good at, as well as what the tailbacks are hitting well. Yeah. So I think that's huge thing is like, kind of like you said, like, hey, if, if something's not working, if we're not going to be great at zone football, well, hey, if we can run gap or anything like that, got power, then hey, if we can be really good at that and that's what fits our personnel well, let's make
0: sure we do it. One thing I wanted to be able to shout out to, and, and he's taken a lot of heat this year and has ha, legitimately has taken a lot of, had a, has had a lot of bad games, but James Neal, the left tackle has, I mean, I, I don't know if there's been a person who's improved as much throughout the season. From as, game one and from two, game one to to now to now, it's
2: unbelievable what he the turnaround he's had.
0: Bad. Week one, two, three. Yeah. Bad, bad. Like jumping out of windows. Like, and by that, I mean, like, that was an expression you'd sometimes use where, like, if you're trying to hit somebody and you just completely miss, it literally looks like you're jumping out of a window. He jumped out of so many windows early in the season. And this is something that I didn't, I hadn't heard until I think it was heft on the radio show. So this is his third year of organized football, James Niels. Yeah. He's just a big human that, like, hey, buddy, like, you should play football. Like, okay. And then did it. How much do you think Hufford being next to him? helps because Huffer's been playing football for like 30 years yeah
2: yeah old man now yeah no I I, it's so true I think the other thing is just game reps like so his his career reps have been against Iowa State's defense which we all know that one of the great things about Iowa State's defense is that teams every week have to prepare for something that's going to be a little bit different than what they're used to seeing in the rest of the country so when all he has reps at is going against a defense that's a little bit unique or juco reps or juco reps then and that was a couple of years ago now at this point so like how much how much you're able to apply to that situation is kind of up for debate but um, I just think it's crazy to see like hey he's now got reps where it's hey I prepared for a game week while managing school while managing keeping my body healthy well you know social life whatever it may be it takes a lot and then to be able to go out there and say, hey, it's I'm still new in football. I haven't seen a bunch of reps. I haven't seen a bunch of different techniques and stuff like that. And so he's starting to get a little bit of confidence. I think you can you can see that. So not just going against Iowa State defense. I'm going against a real defense in a live game on ESPN, on whatever FS1. And you have to be able to prepare for that and be able to make adjustments on the fly because defense always have a little bit something different that they're going to do against every team. But they have their core fundamentals those core fundamentals maybe are a little bit different than what iowa state's defense is so he's clearly just taking enormous leaps of growth in his game and i think that's really helped out the offensive line a lot too as a whole because you know they got five guys out there that they're trotting out that are are big dudes they're physical and they're confident we're starting to run the ball and and um, we gave up two sacks this week but i mean still
0: on the season we've we've kept Rocco pretty clean four five sacks maybe on the entire season we're seven games in
2: yeah you that's something you can i mean a lot of zero sack games which is just huge so um i think it's going to be a huge opportunity to continue to see him grow continue to see more defenses big time games is is when guys need to grow the most and um, we've played in a couple of those now and just uh look, excited to see what he can do over the next couple of years
1: yeah absolutely and i think the big thing of just what Iowa State's doing um, that we haven't seen before and has kind of just been an additional thing, and I've been trying to find this interception number where they rank interceptions, interception-wise, across the nation, but two more picks on Saturday. Like, that sticks out. This team is so much better at picking the ball off, and I don't know how much of it's luck. I truly have no idea where I'd, like, land in that argument. So Iowa State is currently second in the country. How do you find it so fast? And civilA.com. I'm using stats.nca.org. Gosh, mm. mm. I sound like a nerd. What a St- mess. way to go, Aiden! Good so, so, job, Aiden. Liberty. Liberty. Thanks, Aiden!
0: Liberty through six games has 13. Oklahoma through six games has 12. Then Iowa State through seven games also has 12. So between Oklahoma and Iowa State, two Power Five teams that have the most interceptions. I think it's
2: I think it's huge. I mean, we've kind of seen it. Like, hey, you win the turnover battle. Iowa State historically, football across the country is pretty darn good. If you win the turnover battle give yourself a shot and um but Rocco's done a pretty good job of keeping the ball in Iowa State's hands uh managing the game and making sure that uh, hey when I gotta go make a big throw I make a good throw and it's not gonna be one that uh it's gonna end up in the other team's hands
0: yeah one other thing that's nice about I mean we we knew the secondary was gonna be good coming into the season I don't think we all expected them to be this good mm-hmm. you know like Jeremiah Cooper kind of came out and like people were expecting him to be a solid player but you know, these safeties, I, I, so I, I did a, before the Oklahoma game, which is right before they gave up 50 points. Uh, I mentioned like on that radio or on a radio show for the Oklahoma, whatever radio network that I think there's four future NFL guys in the secondary right now between Tampa, Cooper, Freeler, and Verdun. Like if those, those four guys have a legitimate shot of being draft picks in the NFL. Well, if we knew they were going to be good, we didn't know how, how good they were going to be. But one of the things that this allows them to do is with this good of a secondary is that the linebackers have been able to come along with way less stress than mm-hmm. they otherwise would be because linebackers, I think there's only two upperclassmen. I think Gary Vaughn's like a ninth year senior and then, yeah. uh, love it. I think, is he a junior love it. my sophomore junior. I think he's a, a junior, perhaps he's either a way. Transfer, yeah. Right? It's Mizzou yeah. transfer. I, I don't know if he's a sophomore or junior, but either way, then you have McLaughlin, underclassmen, S- Sadowski, true freshman. uh, Willick true freshman. right? Redshirt too for he's a freshman yeah. either way. Uh, uh, like it's just young. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but Love it's oh, a redshirt sophomore, but redshirt. so Love it's a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Caleb Bacon's a redshirt sophomore. Like the, it's just a young group. They have one upperclassman in the entire linebacker room that is getting significant snaps, and so this secondary has provided some shielding for the linebackers to grow. Now we're seeing the linebackers start to grow in the same way that we're seeing the running backs and quarterbacks start to grow now this linebacking crew can start to become part of the defense as an asset and not as a liability as they're in the wrong spot. I think McLaughlin started to like, he's starting to click a lot more and understanding the responsibilities of that weird Sam linebacker position. So it's like a safety, it's like a linebacker and a half. Mm-hmm. And so he's starting, I mean, just the linebacking crew has been doing a lot better because this secondary is so freaking good that you try and you know, you try and throw against anybody, which matchup are you going to try and pick? Basically the only matchup, if I'm an offense that I would like to see is if we can get a, a down the field route against five against purchase. If it's an underneath route against purchase, it's going to be really well defended. If I'm going to try any route against TJ Tampa, that's not great. I don't like any matchup with anybody against Jeremiah Cooper, because probably not going to get my one or two receiver on him. So my, my number three receiver on Jeremiah Cooper, I don't like that either. Well, a tight end, on verdun or freeler no thank you i don't love that matchup either so there's really not any matchups if they're playing any version of man or even as a, just any concept of zone where people line up there's nothing that i really like against the secondary so linebackers can be a lot freer to just help in there so I, that, that's the thing is the secondary is so freaking good this year that they're helping everybody else along
2: well and, and when we have seen teams you know even short passes you know what i mean like hey i'm not going to go down the field against tj tampa I'm not going to do anything crazy like Jeremiah Cooper flying in the open field, like making the tackle right there, stop ball, gain the yard. Like yeah, Lake Verdon came yep. in and and stopping their tight end, gain a two. Like, hey, yeah, you can, you can try to do quick pass game and see if you can make a couple people miss, but we haven't seen people miss.
0: Other than TCU. Other than We TCU. did in the first half of TCU. But this, I mean, they, I think that was nice that your screw ups weren't catastrophic screw ups, you know, you have a really bad tackling game, but you also have a really good interception game. So it's not like you have a bad tackling game, you know, like the Oklahoma game, that is bad mistakes that are capitalized into horrible mistakes Mm -hmm. versus the TCU game was bad mistakes that were not capitalized into things and you learn from both, you know, it's just you hope that you can get out with a win. And be like, man, really got to work on this and yep. then still get a W from it. And that's so it feels like Iowa State, through just past the halfway point of the season, I mean, call it the halfway point of the season, just through, through the halfway point of the season, it feels like they've kind of identified the team they are going to become and the way they're going to play and have learned through in the last couple of weeks wins in how to get
1: there. Man, after that Ohio game, it feels like we're going into season three after the spy weekends of this season. Oh, with preseason? Yeah, no, Preseason than the first. The, the feel after the Ohio game, both on social media and just in the realm. I had a guy like get really pissed off that he was seeing sprint car, or, uh, late model tweets the night of the Ohio game because I was covering a race. He's like, I can't believe you have the gall to tweet about racing tonight after that game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm to, like, we I'm must at, mourn' i have a job yeah. we, we must mourn I just put up a black square and it's like I would say lost day no no race updates tonight everybody <laughs> <laughs> but like the, just the mood and the transition from where they were then to today it feels so astronomical I, I I don't think you can ever replicate it
2: I think you got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff and then and then ultimately the players going out there and saying hey, what do we got to do to win what do we do got to do to get a little bit of confidence what do we got to do to to adjust and make sure that hey we can do this and coach Shilos has done a great job i think being able to say hey first year guy hey this is what we're going to come out and do we're going to this is how we're going to identify this is how we're going to look and then hey we do have to change like i mean ultimately coaches abilities to to change and and be able to adapt with what they have for for personnel um we've seen him just do an elite job and i'm sure coach campbell's helped out and all his staff but I mean that's that's an incredible job to see the turnaround that they've been able to uh,
1: put out there yeah absolutely um i wanted to look at around the big 12 a little bit unless you think we <coughs> should dive deeper into this game or deeper into baylor before that it's up no to you guys.
0: no i think the only the, just before we i like that going around the big 12 because it actually matters now Yeah, that iowa state's towards and the that, top of that's it
1: that's a massive thing for your fan base too when i say like how big that one was and I'm, I'm talking to everybody about like when they got it and you're there's probably some people at home that are like well, who cares if they played the 11 a.m. game and won in the same situation than the 7 p.m.? And it doesn't matter, but you just feel so much better because you're seeing everything go your way and you're seeing yourself up in that area of the standings. That's So that impacts the fan base. It impacts the team to... El- a bit of an extent. I'm sure you guys don't have a big, big cold standing for it anywhere the, in the locker room. The
0: only nice thing about getting a win at 11 a.m. game is that you're getting home at like 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Right. with a win, and then you can like go to bed at a normal time. Like you can get dinner at your like around wherever you're gonna get. Like that is legitimately nice. Like 11 a.m. road games, you got to wake up really early, but you get home at a reasonable time. Versus like a 7 p.m. road game. I remember we oh. had a, we had a, an 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff at Connecticut, and. I legit think we got back at like 4 o'clock in the morning.
1: That yeah. was the Friday night game, right? No, I was just, it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. I'm pretty sure it was a I Saturday. can one-up you. Okay. UNLV. Oh, boy. Late night game. Oh,
2: boy. Got home. And I can't sleep on an airplane or travel or anything like that. So, you obviously, you wake up. You, we went out there day early. So, then you're getting adjusted to the time. And then games late at night. And it's you're in Vegas, like what the heck's going on here? You're driving by like to the to the game and you're going by the strip and everything like that. And then the game's late. I don't remember what the kickoff it was. Time. It was
0: a 7 p.m. West Coast time. So it was 9 p.m. here. Because I remember I got married that week and it was uh, on the East Coast and it was a 10 p.m. kickoff where we were.
2: Yeah, it was miserable. Well, I mean, it's a fun game. but you know, <laughs> Getting back and I don't like it was like 6 a.m. I believe and I didn't sleep a single second because it's like I I just can't sleep when I'm traveling. Unfortunately, I wish I could. But like so literally from like 8 a.m. till 6 a.m. playing a football game flying back doing all this stuff. I mean, so much happens in 24 hours. You play a football game. You fly in the night before you play a football game and then you leave.
0: Yeah. And then you leave and then the next day you have, you get up, you have treatment to make sure that cause you everybody gets some type of bump and bruise yep. Then you watch film on that. You do a lift to kind of like get everything out and then you introduce the next team. That's yeah. well, not like a heavy scouting report, but it's like, Hey, uh, you know, we're playing whoever Baylor next week, Baylor runs a three down front. They, yep. Here's num- here's the numbers that you're going to get used to their safety number zero as a player and then walk through like five of them and then you go home. But like, yeah, in a 24 hour time frame. You're going to fly out, play a game, fly back, get checked in, do a lift, watch film, get introduced to the next one. That's like 36 hours of whirlwind. I remember like a a good
2: group of people just went and like, all right, we're just going to start a little rehab now and see if we can't uh, delay this a little bit and maybe get our Sunday off here a little bit because it's (laughs) like, well, I'm here at 6 a.m. Do I really want to go home? Like I've already been up for 20 hours. What's another two, three hours of going, getting some treatment and getting feeling better and then having some time to sleep. So yeah. That was that was an interesting one
0: yeah but anyway you were saying 11 mk we got really do read that one but the no, thing about like, you guys the, are fine the bye week the only thing is like going into the bye week my opinion is i would rather at this point with how the season's gone i'd rather not have a bye week right now because but you're
1: playing because so you're well playing so well
0: yeah. and you're in such a good groove but I don't think that it's a bad thing because there are some like, you know, everybody's got some ding going on. And you know, we mm-hmm. talked about using Verdun as the example. It's a soft tissue injury. The more time you can get off, the better. A guy like Gary Vaughn, his shoulder, I mean, the more, if you can rest for two weeks and then come back, you're gonna be better off. Like Steve-O had a hell of a game. He's actually turning into like a real tight end, not right. just a fullback. And But his shoulder early in the season was bothering him. So like this next two weeks, you'd want to get, you want to keep playing because you're in such a groove but at the same time getting guys healthy is going to be a nice little break but like i i w- i personally would rather keep playing
2: i think it yeah i i completely understand what you're saying like so nice to when you're hot you're hot like you're the, all these dudes are settling into a routine but yeah, it's, like it's like a
0: baseball player who's hit two home runs in a row it's like you can't wait to get that guy back yeah. in the box
2: yeah but i i mean bye weeks are are huge too just for that recovery aspect like hey you get to get not take a breath, but you get to look around you. You get to see how school's going. You get to see how
0: family's doing because you get into such a routine. Did your coaches go recruit during bye weeks too?
2: They did a little bit. Yeah,
0: because I remember it was like the back half of like the the bye week itself. Because you have you know it's two weeks off, so the the bye week the coaches would go recruit from like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like yeah, some of like them, not yeah. all of them, would, yeah. but like some would go recruit locally to go especially on fridays because then you can actually go watch a high school high school game in you know within a reasonable drivable distance you can actually go do that so yeah i I didn't know if the staff did that too yep
2: yep but no i I mean bye weeks are huge especially like i feel like there's always a guy at least when i was there i'm sure probably the same thing with you but like hey it's mid-season like coaches are grooving moving like hey stuff so much is shaking out and it's like okay now we have some young guys like who can play like they're gonna get some opportunities to show what they can do It feels like there's always a dude who kind of comes out of this bye week like a couple more of those young guys getting a couple more reps than they normally do and it's like oh dang that kid can play like he's been he's been busting his butt like Hey, we might be able to get him in here on a rep or two And it always seems like there's one guy either whether it adds a little bit of depth coming off bye week or something But it seems like there's always a great opportunity for, for a young guy or even an older guy who just finally gets their shot with with some of The starters not taking as many reps um, for them to kind of show
1: what they've, what
2: they've, what they can do.
1: Yeah. And you talk about how overwhelming things can get with school and everything and how many true freshmen or red shirt freshmen are now playing and trying to balance, you know, life and everything like that. Like to, to have a week where you can catch up is really, really big.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially cause it's towards the end of the semester. Yep. So you've probably got like, I don't know, depending on the major, like w- you have projects that, you, if you can get ahead of, right, then you're not dealing with those projects in like dead week. Or if you're like, you have, I don't know, tests that are coming up, you can spend a good amount of your time actually like studying a little bit for it. Or you could just, I don't know, go home and see your parents. Like I I was close. And so like on a Friday night after a practice, you could just go home. Like I, you can not necessarily every single time, but like stay Friday night to Saturday afternoon at mom and dad's house, get some laundry done, like have mom cook you a meal. meal. And then come back up and like just decompress for a little bit. So yeah, academically, it's nice, but also just like emotionally, especially for the local guys. And I, every once in a while, there was a guy from Texas that I brought to like go home with family just yeah. cause.
2: Well, you're literally gasped about all the way down. Like you got to get ready for the next week. you got to take care of your body. You got to do school. You got to make sure that you're lifting. You got to do all this, that, and the other, and it's not that you like come all the way off. But you slow it down a little bit, yeah, you, you get
0: a fourth gear instead of fifth gear,
2: you, you know, maybe you get home at five o'clock instead of eight o'clock every night, three extra hours of you to, you know, even if it's just sitting on your couch, it's a little time for you just to decompress or maybe that means you and a couple buddies going to go out to dinner or something like that. So I think it's just a huge opportunity for teams to grow together truthfully, because, hey, you get a couple other dudes who are in the training room because, hey, it's bye week. I have a little more time. I don't feel like I'm having to miss class or do something this, that or the other. So I'm able to make sure that my body gets right and be around the dudes and stuff like that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy
2: place
0: for a... Happy price Go to your happy price Priceline
1: So now around the Big 12. Yeah, thank you, Jeff uh, Yeah, we got so Oklahoma um, And Iowa State are the only two teams With three wins right now. Obviously, Oklahoma 3-0, Iowa State 3-1 and And then Okie State, you already beat Them. Then you have Texas. They're on Your schedule as well. K-State also On your schedule. West Virginia. Those are The 2 and one teams. Everyone else Has two losses or more I think that's massive in this race. I think the teams that you've proven to the games that they've won already, um, maybe Oklahoma State you could argue that if they played again, it'd be 5-5 to through 10 games if they played a 10-game series. But I think you look at TCU and you look at Cincinnati and you're like, we're way better than both those teams. And you look (laughs) at other games those teams have played against people and it's like, well, TCU, oh, man. TCU, be, TCU way better beat than the BYU. Tar
0: out of BYU. Yeah. It was like forty-four of fourteen, yeah. and wasn't it in Provo or was it in Fort Worth? Uh, let me double check. I think it was in. It might have been in Fort Worth. Either way, like you, you beat a team by thirty.
2: Is in TCU Fort it was, Worth. Is
0: in Fort Worth, but like either way, you beat a team by thirty, and that's one of the teams. Like that's the another nice thing about kind of where Iowa State's schedule is. I'm not sure if Jalen Daniels is going to play. I don't know what his injury is and what the situation. There's a bunch of different rumors and a bunch of different things happen, but you have at baylor which right now baylor is sort of tail spinny uh
1: and they play cincinnati and they this week.
0: play cincinnati this week which is going to give you a decent idea of what's going on but at the same time it's still baylor it's still waco uh but you have baylor who as far as the existing big 12 teams that's the one you want to play the most and then you have at or then you have kansas, kansas at, home. at home well with jason bean being the quarterback That offense is a lot different than Jalen Daniels, a lot different because they can run the same way between Daniels and Bean. they run the same way. They don't throw the same way. Daniels is a substantially more efficient passer. And so with this defense, being able to take away the pass and get turnovers as much as they have been able to get turnovers, the Kansas game with Jason Bean looks a lot more comfortable. And again, I don't want to say comfortable because it's still a Lance Leipold team. They are still really, really good. But the odds go up a little bit if Jalen Daniels doesn't play, even though I would still say you're probably going to be, if not favored mathematically, like by metrics favored. Uh, And then you have BYU. And to this point, BYU has not looked all that strong. And they're going to look... It it is going to be even harder for them because that's going to be three more weeks of getting punched in the face by Big 12 teams before you even get there. And if you have some... you know, Let's say BYU has won one game total. And that was against Cincinnati by the time they get to that game and you're one and six hosting a team that is, you know, highly uh, higher in the standings could could theoretically be five and and one, four and two, somewhere in there. And that team starts to get out front. That team will very quickly be like, screw this. I'm done with this season. You know, It, it happens faster. And then you get Texas, Kansas state, but like the next three weeks, uh, you've got the, the opportunity against the bottom. It's the, the soft spot of your schedule. Oh Yeah is these next these past five you know two weeks prior well, one week prior i think tcu is still a tougher game that people are giving it credit for but the past cincinnati baylor kansas byu that is as soft of a section of schedule as you're going to get it's not easy but it's softer than what they had the start and the end of the year i have,
1: yep. a, I have a nugget i was trying to interrupt you because i'm so excited to tell you do you know who kansas plays the week before they come to ames oklahoma it's oklahoma turnover city baby Mm-hmm. Could do a lot to a team. Could turn them into world beaters, like it did Iowa State losing to Oklahoma. Because since then, complimentary football.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think Kansas has the, the pieces points. on defense that Iowa State does. No. Oh no. no I'm just. Defense. I'm
1: being facetious. Uh, you get it. Um. No. I. I think you're set up to three games against two teams that haven't proven anything. Well, Baylor has proven something. That it is a complete shit show in Waco. Every, I follow a ton of Baylor fans on Twitter. They're done on Oranda. No clue where this team is going They've watched one good quarter in like the last 12 that they've played. No one in Waco feels good about the football team Well, that's I mean
2: Players don't probably listen to the media
1: I'm, well, I'm sure but, the, play, the players the, might feel differently than the fans, but yes, but I'm yeah. sure that the way
2: they've been playing football It's very uninspired I'm sure that they're probably pretty spot on with some of the, because there's a lot of Iowa state fans who were like not bought in on this team for a little while during the season and the turnaround that they've had, it's like, Oh yeah, well, Hey, they actually do have some talent out there. It's like, sometimes it takes a little while, but watching Iowa state play through those struggles, like fought to the end, like lost a couple close games, but like
0: they battled. Yeah. Like the Iowa game, you're down by two scores. You score one late. You almost get the chance to get down there. Yeah. And watching Baylor, you do not see that. Yeah. And another thing about, uh, just like the advantage they have again, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to end up on a message board. I'm not, so I'm not going to say anything which is truly outlandish because it's never as good as it seems. And it's never as bad as it seems, but the opportunity you have against a team that's reeling is the same opportunity you have against like the, you know, when Texas comes to Iowa in November, like it's the same type of thing, which if the game is close, there's no advantage. It doesn't matter what had happened in the past five weeks. They're still going to be fighting. They're still going to be competing but it gets to be 21 to 10, 24 to seven, somewhere in that range where you're getting to the, the kind of that, the, the jump off the cliff moment of, are we going to fight to get back in this game? Or are we just gonna be like, man, screw this. We're almost done. Like that's when the cold or the bad past or the, uh, you have a backup quarterback or all the, that's a reason at those moments is when the white flag tends to come out faster. And so if you're a team playing, if you're playing against a team like Baylor, and they are reeling a bit, and you're able to get... like If, if the game goes like it went against Cincinnati where they can do nothing on offense, and you get up by 17 points, and they've got like 85 total yards, they're very quickly becomes like, screw this, I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes a difference. If the game is close, it doesn't matter. It's the same game as yeah. what you would get if the team had won five in a row. It's just a matter of game situation allows for a better advantage against a team and so you have the potential to land the knockout punch faster against these next three opponents than you otherwise would
2: and i think it'll be cool to see a young team see if they can land a couple knockout punches and hey let's go sneak out with a 30 to 10 victory let's go do this and, and really dominate the game and then be able to play our football let's get better at our football. Let's not have to force things or make anything happen like that. The one,
0: the one last thing that I kind of want to talk about with the big 12 or, and or Iowa state is what I want to see out of this team come the bye week I don't want to say like not too many smiles because you want to enjoy it, but like your shit still stinks. Understand that because This is for two weeks. You're getting pat on the back, being like, "Y'all are so good, man. Mm. You guys have it all put together. You guys are going to go to the championship game. You're everything's. Can you deal with that? That is a new level that this this team. I mean, they came in with expectations, and they beat you and I, and then whatever. But you're still going up against Iowa. It wasn't that same thing. Can you deal with success? Like that is the challenge that this team is going to be going into. So it's not like I don't want to see smiles of like everyone's like, you know, you should enjoy wins. Yeah. However you cannot go into these next couple of weeks complacent because you've played three or four good games. You have to, have to, have to have the same amount of hunger to come out and continue to play good football. And that's the challenge that I think Iowa state's staring down right now.
2: And I think that they have a lot of good seniors and, and quite honestly, like, even Rocco young guy like he seems like a dude who like he wants to win football games like he's not gonna let anything like this get to his head Jalen Noll isn't gonna let stuff like this slip Gary Gary Vaughn not gonna let it slip Bo Freeler not gonna let it slip I think there's a lot of dudes out there that will be the best players also the leaders and saying like no it's like gas pedal now like it's not like, oh, it's late in the season, getting along, like a lot of these dudes haven't played this long of the season that are freshmen. That's a difference.
0: Yeah, it's nine games in high school. It's 12 weeks plus a bye in college. That's so, a month longer.
2: So that's a that's a huge difference that a lot of people don't even realize. Like in, in Iowa high school football, like we're playing our ninth game this week. We're on the bye week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're halfway through. You're done in high school. You are halfway through in college.
2: It's a difference.
0: Drastically different.
1: Uh, The only thing I was going to mention from Cincinnati, next time I'll I'll interrupt you, because it would have been well placed. But uh, just, I think it's prevalent in all four Big 12 games, and I know this is not a skill that is just flat out usable, but I think this staff is realizing how integral it is to play with a lead with these new clock rules. I know you aren't as bullish on how impactful they are as I am, uh, but even Oklahoma, they come out firing right away. Like If we can get a lead to play with it makes it that much harder to come back because every first down you're reeling the clock.
0: That's true, and there there actually were only ten drives per team in this game, and really? it's not, it's not like it was a. a Are you a, coming a, around on my? I, I to some to some degree. I wouldn't say if I'm like fully in the camp because it, it's it. Does, I don't think it's it changed. This
1: has been on my bucket list for three years, was to get you two and <laughs> <nice>.
0: <laughs> Um, I think it has. Yeah, it has some impact because if there was only, there was only ten possessions and you get out to a lead. You know i don't remember what that was 10 to 7 i think was the first lead they got and they went 17 to 7 and they went you get to that point and then you can sleep or hold especially with the secondary that you have generally not going to give up big plays knock on wood uh so yeah you can you can do a little bit more uh suffocating the other team like i said 10 only 10 drives in the entire game against uh, a fairly slow possession offense yeah
2: being able to run the football is huge in that game too especially late in the season if weather gets bad anything like that if we can show that hey we can hold the clock get a lead hold the clock and and produce first downs get into third and short and I, I feel like we were really efficient throughout the, throughout the day pretty much on saturday
1: yeah it looks like everything came together and how much of that is cincinnati how much of it is yeah. this run that you're on how much you know mm-hmm. there's question marks give us seven days we'll come back next week and we'll just claim arlington yes Right off the bat, sound uh, good. It's a little bit bold, but uh, <laughs> well, it's seven days with no games to play. I'm just gonna sit, sit around and get hyped. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> message. Like. All right, good enough. It'll be we'll fun to watch. It'll
2: be fun to watch some other Big Twelve games. Um, obviously a big week in college football. Just uh, so be who's in the midseason? Fun. Who's
0: playing on Saturday in and the Big Twelve? Yeah, and we'll just determine rooting interest. Yeah. Oh, it's easy for rooting interest. UCF at Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, yeah. actually, you want Oklahoma?
1: That's for me. For
0: me. In this situation, Oklahoma's not going to lose two games. You already lost Oklahoma, so you don't want to be in a tiebreaker situation against Oklahoma. Because if there's a three-way tie yeah, or whatever, okay. it's yeah. who beat whom. And so you want Oklahoma, because they beat you, to be clear of the field and not be in a tiebreak with them, if you're going to be looking for that championship game. So,
1: yeah. Jeff's a so, fan of one of the teams leaving for the SEC after this year. For this no, weekend. it's just positive rooting interest.
0: So, Oklahoma... <laughs> I think that you want Oklahoma to be undefeated. It's
1: at Oklahoma too. It's not like you have the. Oh, best that most. game's going to
0: be seventy to ten.
1: Yeah. Um, Baylor. Gabriel. Baylor travels teams. to Cincinnati. Ooh, to Cincinnati. Desperate Cincinnati team really needs a win. Uh, that's a ESPN Plus game, eleven a.m. So Baylor at Cincinnati. I think you want yep. Cincinnati to win that game because yeah. if
0: Baylor gets if Baylor's able to come out and get a little bit of confidence, it's a different game. Yep. But if they lose at Cincinnati, and if Cincinnati is able to out you know play a physical game you want Cincinnati to get their first big 12 win
1: and for the people out there that might be younger might be more confused about how we're getting these rooting interests if you've played a team and you have beat them you cheer you want them to win out if you have a team on your schedule like this year for the first time in many years that they aren't on your schedule well you want them to win because you can't beat them you can't make that loss number go up for them so that's I guess like standings wise always cheer for the teams that you've already beaten because that's a safe bet you got a tiebreaker with right them.
0: if they're if you end up in the same situation like uh let's say oklahoma state wins out and iowa and state and Oklahoma West state Virginia are and let's say oklahoma state and iowa state are tied at the end of the year the first tiebreaker in determining who goes to the big 12 championship theoretically in this situation is head to head did iowa state beat oklahoma state yes iowa state advances
1: Absolutely, uh, Okie State at West Virginia. That'll be a kind o- of matchup game. And root you're for, Oklahoma for Oklahoma State.
0: State yep. Yes, root West Virginia is not on your schedule. So, so to recap, we're cheering for Oklahoma. Both Oklahoma. In, I don't know if cheering is the proper term. Uh, would be excited if Oklahoma won because it's better for Iowa State. Yep. Then uh, okay. want Cincinnati to beat Baylor. Yeah. And want Oklahoma State to beat West Virginia. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Texas goes at Houston. At three, oh, man. If Houston, dude. If Do Houston it. could beat don't Texas. Go Houston. Oh.
0: If Houston could beat Texas, I don't trust, that's a huge rooting. I don't trust in, Texas. I, I will actually be rooting for Houston in that situation. Is it going to happen? No, Texas is going to beat them by hundred. But you if think? Houston, I just, I just, there's, I don't think there's enough talent at Houston. Even though, yeah. despite the craziest <laughs> that West Virginia Houston game was bananas, but I don't think there's enough. I don't think Houston has enough juice to go up to beat Texas. Maybe they do. If they do, then that's awesome for Iowa State that because would be huge. the more you can get Texas reeling. The more you could, because Texas will infight. They will fight amongst each other. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. And the more you can do that, the more effort they get with actually fighting anybody else. Yes. And so if you get, if they were to lose to Houston, they got two losses.
2: They question everything. They
0: question everything. And the game doesn't season doesn't matter anymore. Cause now you're probably not going to the championship game. You got to come to Ames and they don't care. That's yep. what happened when you guys yeah. beat the shit out of them. And Brees ran for 700 yards. Yeah. They didn't care.
1: They will quit for sure. Uh, Texas tech at BYU. 6 PM on
0: fs1 texas so tech because right. then byu is still again reeling keep their confidence right. down
1: yep uh tcu at kansas state with that avery johnson kid that my goodness he joel lanning on saturday night did you see that uh uh-huh. he's a freshman he's got long flowing blonde hair so it makes him look five miles per hour faster than he actually is <laughs> and he rushed for five touchdowns jeff Can oh yeah, yeah he yeah. was the,
0: the backup quarterback yeah um because uh, Will Howard didn't play. I don't think I think it was a healthy scratch. I don't think he actually was uh, injured. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, I'm
1: looking at Kansas State's game. Do they have all their big games at home this year? How did they voodoo magic that? Well, I mean, it just kinda happens. Kansas I mean, State wasn't
0: going to be a big game. Thanks for, a lot, Big Twelve. Uh I feel like you want Texas you want Kansas State to lose in that situation to build in a little bit of buffer. Right? Because tech it's tech Kansas
1: State. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, Kansas State TCU. Kansas State TCU. Yeah, Sorry.
0: TCU. If you TCU, the better TCU is, the better it is for Iowa State at this point yes, throughout absolutely. the season.
1: Absolutely, I think you want TCU to win that game. Keep Kansas State out of there. Make sure this Avery Johnson kid isn't necessarily oh, going
0: to. A, yeah, you're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, he's got. He's going to write the word. He's got a face, hey face, John He's got a face, John. He's <laughs> got. He's going to have
0: maybe one more. He might do okay this game, but as soon as coordinators get a chance to see what you like, there's way too much good coaching in this league to be able to have like two, three games in a row of just unencumbered success because all of a sudden I get it. It's the best he's going to look because I get to see what do you not like to do? And I'm going to make you do only that the entire rest of the season.
1: Well, and this is such a fan specific thing that you wouldn't understand the half of the amount of Iowa State, Kansas State games I've watched in my life. That have just not gone the way you think it oh just doesn't make sense it's like I Oklahoma State rivalry them. yeah
0: I played that I,
1: I got that Jeff I'm just saying like you wouldn't uh. have that belief that okay it's Kansas State something weird is gonna happen
0: oh something yes. weird for sure will happen. always
1: it always happens anyway Iowa State's in good position fantastic position I can't wait to parade around next Tuesday after just sitting around for seven days it's gonna be our best episode yet I'll promise everyone that
0: it's got to be better than this one then
1: I know well this one wasn't great. I bet there'll be a lot of random things on next Tuesday. <laughs> I will do as much TikTok preparation as I can. My algorithm is so screwed up. I'm not getting the like, "Did you see this Bigfoot evidence in Colorado?" like I was last week. It's completely gone away. Mm-hmm. It's just funny videos now. So I got to I got to do some hashtagging and some liking on different things to get, get it get going. It. We'll get it rectified. There we go. Did it's- you guys
0: see that Chargers fan that people think was planted
1: at the game last
0: night. I saw one. Oh, she wasn't planted at the yeah. game. She's just super excited. So the well, big thing is also all these interns chanting like, "Get him!" When the charters were on offense, she just doesn't understand so it, football. Like, I know that's where I'm at. But yeah. people are fully sold no, on that. There's, she was planted by the people. NFL. People assume so much intention. Up. People assume so much intention behind everything. When in reality people are kind of dumb like you if you, can't you just go to the nfl that
1: much credit right if people generally
0: are just kind of dumb
1: out of any league to put industry plants in the stands like i've seen it in the nba you've seen the chicago bulls mascot like throw a drink on somebody that's staged it's 100% staged you right. can't just throw a drink on some random guy but the NFL is not going to be the league to put an industry plant in the stands.
0: No. And they have, they just have like cameras panning through and they just go, they want to get crowd shots because there's 16, and 20 cameras. Every
1: every account that's tweeting those out has been, it's some intern put on the beat of watch all these NFL games and tweet funny captions with these videos yeah. that we give you. Is and this it? Yeah. It's just, it's hard to th- hard to no, it. And, Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's it. her. That's but her. Her. she's at
0: various points just super excited or super nervous. Get him, get him. Yeah. Like they, uh, yeah, that's that's just a lady who's really interested. Like I, I would sit in the stands, you know, watching the game, and I don't know if you have the same experience, Colin, when it's just as a as a general fan, the a thing that like is annoying is like unhelpful <laughs> encouragements. Like you're running around the opposing offense is on the field, your defense is on the field, and people are going, Get him oh that's got it that's what we're supposed to be doing yeah. and like it's like a sort of natural but it's one of those things like anytime oh, people to tackle and block oh, got it we are supposed to tackle him so get him <laughs> and everybody just shouting get him that doesn't help just saying, <laughs> it's one of those things like oh man and then also just whenever someone shouts out like some really like really confident but wrong like oh. that to me is like throw it to the tight end it's like No, you're not throwing it to the the tight end. The tight end right there is distracting. He's trying to pull the linebacker down. He is not involved in the option. Like it just when, when people are just confidently wrong or penalties. Oh yeah. The penalties, usually the referees are right. Like most of the time the referees are right.
1: Yeah. People don't. don't like, all right. I'm, like I'm back that. off
0: the Jeff Woody train after he said that. <laughs> I hate,
1: I just hate all referees.
0: Most of the time, I the referees are right. Referees. Most of the time, the referees are right. If they call a you pass, I haven't watched the NHL in
1: a long time, brother. I <laughs>
0: haven't watched the NHL probably ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get you in front of a TV for a game.
0: <laughs> so I don't, I don't have a stance against it the NHL. I just,
1: I got better things to do with my time. All right. Well, that's what I'm going to do the next seven days. We'll have a presentation next week. I want it in PowerPoint. Okay. Right there. Yeah, I'll I'll see what I can do. <laughs> we'll see what see what my week brings me. This has been a uh, football and random things presented by Wiffles Hybrid. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. Go Cyclones.